Welcome to Bookmarked, where you can take a pause and dive into the wide world of literature. I'm at Ms. Kaiser, the Library Media Specialist at Benton High School. Today, I'm going to continue my series on First Chapter Friday. I'd like to point out that the views that are expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters and not of the Benton School District. Today, I'm going to continue reading uh, the first chapter of a book by a Black American author in honor of Black History Month. Our book today is Charming as a Verb by Ben Felipe. Chapter one. The first hustle, if you want to call it that, is also the simple smiling. Now, please don't be one of those douche novels that go around telling women to smile more or anything. But as far as the daily life of a 17-year-old black guy of above average height goes in the city, I learned a long time ago that smiling goes a very long way. Not smirking, not grinning, an earnest smile. And a place like New York for everyone. 8,550,405 people as of 2019 and rising with every breath and shoving their way through the masses. See unwashed and running legs. Sight face at the ready. The combination of eye contact plus smile is like pointing a flashlight into someone's eye. You can almost see their retinas dilate sometimes. Case in point. Hi, Henry. Mrs. Connect smiles back as she opens the door and adjusts to the megawatts awaiting her on the doorstep. Goodness, she exclaims. Look at you two, both so happy. It must have been a good walk. Yeah, Pogo and I have our own routine, I say, as I remove the nylon harness and two quick unmuggles. Riverside Park is our domain. Ain't that right, Pog? Pogo is a nine-year-old mutt carrier with some pretty advanced tooth decay that occasionally requires some free-of-charge brushing. He is now ignoring me entirely, too preoccupied with wagging up a storm at the overwhelming sight of the honor he saw just half an hour ago. Terriers are an out-of-sight, out-of-mind breed when it comes to their thrice-weekly walkers. Have a nice day, Mrs. Ponick. Wait, wait, one second. She disappears into the railroad hallway of her apartment and comes back a moment later, now cradling Pogo, and hands me a neatly folded little green square. You don't have to do this, ma'am. Like I said, I know the app says they tip you guys, but we all know that's BS. She smirks conspiratorially, nodding to my Uptown Updogs t-shirt as if this transaction places us both firmly on the outside of rampant capitalism. Tip your dog walker. Stick it to corporate America. Well, thank you very much, ma'am. I'll see you on Saturday, Pogs. In the case of Mrs. Ponick, every five smiles or so get me an envelope with three crisp $20 bills. I will happily take it. My half trade is dog walker to the 25-block radius that stretches from 96th and Broadway to 121st and Broadway and horizontally from Riverside Drive to Morningside Drive. That rectangle delineates the uptown dog's official zone of service. It's all I can manage with my senior year schedule. Last year, even when the SATs, I could easily clear between 20 and 30 hours per week, give or take a mug of Dad's sludge coffee, Haitian beans ground by hand in his old tiny coffee machine. But that goes around the entire apartment when he gets up at 4 a.m. It's a concoction that could send a horse out of cardiac arrest. Arrest. Senior year, however, comes with too many balls to juggle. Between attending Fate Academy staying up on top of the ridiculous amount of homework typical of fate, the mandatory extra extracurriculars, and helping Dad with his superintendent duties around the building, 
I've had to narrow my clients to our neighborhood and go the extra mile to make sure they get nothing short of the best service possible. I really can't afford to lose on income. No, with college around the corner. That's where the second hustle comes in, a brand. In our case, a branded website and matching t-shirts. See, I'm not just another dog walker. I am a dog walker of uptownupdog.world.com. The walkers of Uptown Updog can easily be spotted around the Upper West Side by their lime green t-shirts with deep blue cursive writing on the front and back. I step outside and turn left onto West End Avenue, tightening my scarf. New York City is still hungover from the holidays and slowly getting the legs of its new calendar year under itself. On every other street, you'll find, stacked in front of the brownstones, Christmas trees still green with bits of silver tinsel glimmering between their branches. They're right at home next to the poorly folded boxes from brand new electronics and the recycling bins swelled with boxes from toys and colorful wrapping paper that has served its purpose of being torn apart by happy hands. All the joys from the holidays are now a set of household chores to get through as quickly as you can or put off as long as possible. It was a snowless New Year preceded by a snowless Christmas and a mostly snowless December. The big snowstorm little Little kids were waiting for this year so they could swarm Central Park and make fashionable snowmen never came. This whole winter might end up being a matter of bare trees with occasional trash bags at their branches, cloudy afternoons, and the chilled breaths of those of us who wake up early enough. No dogs for you today, H? Gigi, one of the late afternoon dog walkers of the 110th dog run, greets me as we both find ourselves standing at a streetlight and trading smiles of recognition before falling into distinct steps. Some people get competitive, but I don't mind Gigi. She's cool. She's wearing her city college sweatshirt underneath her open winter coat. Most dog walkers in this area are college students, or what I like to call aspires. People who moved here to pursue comedy, writing, theater, TV, and need to make amends meet every month until they make it big or move back home. I already dropped them off. I'm just going home to change and then headed back to school. School? It's almost six. State has strict extracurricular requirements, I bemoan. Class doesn't actually end when the 4 p.m. bell rings. The computer labs and art facilities are open until like 11. It's dystopian. Jeez, Gigi says, not even bothering to hide her disgust. No wonder all those little bundles of privilege go on to rule the world, present company not included. Oh, make no mistake, I fully plan to rule the world, Gigi Ann. The Haltawanger dynasty is a house on the rise. Is that a new t-shirt, she asks, pointing. Maybe, I shrug. I um, have a box of them. They don't pay us well, but they keep us well stocked in swag. She suspiciously narrows her eyes, but keeps focused on her own set of leashes. Gigi likes to triple book her dogs, which is too dangerous for me. The bourgeois would have a heart attack turning a corner to find Buddy entangled with other dogs. God, I have to get my toe through those uptown dog doors, Gigi continues as we keep walking toward the Wyatt. My apartment building. My best clients got priced out of the neighborhood, and I'm not going to freaking Queens. Did you tell them about me? Gigi presses, and I start to feel bad. It's not the first time she's asked me. I did. I lie. The boss isn't hiring at the moment, so the pile of prospects is yay high. Yeah, the website says they're full. You looked out. I'll put in a good word for you when I can, I say, turning toward the Wyatt's lobby. I promise. Sorry, Gigi. There's no central uptown updog's office. The entirety of Uptown Updogs exists on my laptop. You see, for all the Mrs. Boniches of the world, people still love the safety of a faceless corporation as opposed to a random kid on Craigslist. 
especially when it comes to their dogs. And I say this as a former random kid from Craigslist who could barely rub three dogs together. Since joining Uptown Updogs, I've become a lot of small dogs, second favorite person around the neighborhood of Morningside Heights. 21 dogs to be exact, and it goes hand in hand with the smiling. Each of these pup families gets a personalized version of the smile. That is another mistake when people make, giving the same smile to everyone they come across regardless of circumstances. There is no such thing as a universal smile. And while I've considered letting Gigi in on my scheme because she's always very nice and attentive to her charges at the park, the risk of blowing up my spot is too big. The dog walks are just a stepping stone, and I won't be renewing the URL for Uptown Updogs become college acceptance letters. There's a master plan in the works, and it is wrapped in Columbia University Ivy. So yeah, there's no circumventing that this is a bit of a scam. But what can I say? Dad calls it the great hunger. The thing that draws everyone around the world here, to America, to New York City, whether you're the worker scraping off the gum from a monument, the busy CEO that looks to the monument in question on their way to work every day, or the philanthropist tycoon worth billions and chiseled into marble for all the money they donated to the city. Where you fall between the three in America, the land of opportunities and blockbusters, depends on how hungry you are for it, how much gusto and hustle you can muster in pursuit of your goals, and for that better life for your children. Hawthawanger Hunger is its own brand of hunger. Bye! I'm home for exactly 19 minutes, I shout, hanging the spare leash, ball thrower, and bag of dog, treat, dog treats in the doorway of our apartment. Our building is a classic Upper West Side institution that also offers the amenities of the modern Midtown high-rise building. As the super, my dad is responsible for running the day-to-day -day of the building, fixing things when they break down dealing with the demands of the wealthy tenants. It's a pretty thankless job, but we get to live in this apartment rent-free, even if it is by far the smallest of the bunch. An above-ground basement, really, considering the limited sunlight, leaks and cold drafts in the winter. I grab a Pop-Tart from the pantry while stripping off today's Uptown Updog shirt, which goes into the laundry pile by the hallway. Luckily, fate does not require a uniform for after-hours extracurriculars. But in my case, everyday attire actually requires more preparation. Henry, mom mimics, mouthful of pillow, pronouncing it the French Haitian way. Henri, you asked me to wake you up. So I'm waking you up. Light snoring. Ma, just give me like, mm, ten. I roll my eyes and disappear into the bathroom, still smelling of dog and now running late. Yo, Ma, do you have the good leave-in conditioner? I shout purposely slamming the medicine cabinet a little too loudly. Don't yo me, Henri, she grumbles, getting up and pushing past me to get into the bathroom. Her tattoo, a faded peach, before the emoji, is visible on her shoulder. Like I said, very close quarters. There's something very strange about witnessing your five, six Haitian mother slowly get more ripped than you. All her firefighter training has paid off. The woman is dangerously close to getting deletoids in her deletoids. When mom became a firefighter, whether it became the sort of paralegal that tells her husband and son over dinner that she wants to become a firefighter, complete with a three-page plan of how it all was in grasp for us as a family in the next four years, I hadn't predicted that I would become a live-in alarm clock. She's currently a probie, probationary. See also, firefighter in training, rookie, runt, worst schedule, and all kitchen duties. Her hours at the station are, by design, all over. There's a pecking order. Probies are expected to adjust quickly, be they 19-year-olds still living at home or middle-aged women with a 
son and husband. Have you ever seen a burnt body? Dad had simply asked, quieting the table. To him, it was a non-starter. But all three of us knew even back then that that's just how things go in this house. Somewhere between what Ma wants and what Dad wants, well, it's not even a contest. The Hossawanger household is a matriarchy. I'm not due at the station until tomorrow, Ma explained. I want to cook us a meal tonight so we can have a good family dinner and plenty of leftovers for you and Dad. So tell me, what's next on your busy schedule, Dan, son of mine? I catch the kitchen oven clock through the bathroom mirror's reflection. Debate practice, meeting up with me, and then interview to walk a new dog. She shakes, shakes her head, chin resting on her hand. I read an article that most kids your age consider 6 p.m. the end of the day, free time to play video games and chat on the phone and worry about their crushes. Those are only the kids boring enough to agree to take a survey of what they do with their free time, Mom. Who wants to be that? She shakes, she shakes her head, now fully audibly peeing. Mom, gross. I'll see you later tonight, okay? Don't eat out. I let the apartment door close behind me, shaking my head and smiling. I still have a few private ones left. No capital S, smiles, no smiles. And head back towards school. So that's the first chapter of Charming as a Verb. The book is um, itself a romance. It's realistic fiction set in a boarding school setting. Um, there is another character that's going to come into play, a female, eventually, who is going to uh, turn Henri's world upside down. And he's going to turn her world upside down, too. So if you're interesting in, interested in reading the rest of the books, just stop by our library here at Benton High School. We have a hard copy. And you can also access this book from the public library through Sora by using your Benton High School credentials. If you have any questions about how to do that, you can always check that tutorial out on our website or on our Instagram account and our profile. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time.